Hello everyone and welcome to the first episode of our all new Dungeons and Dragons podcast, the Triple D's podcast, Dungeons, Dice Rolls, and Dumbasses. We're starting a new campaign going through a magical storybook. Uh, the campaign setting will be Fairy Tales of the Forgotten Realms. Uh, and to start off with, before uh, setting us up into the world, I want to introduce our character, our players and their characters. Oh wait, I forgot someone. The first character, the Dungeon Master! Me, Tyler. <laughs> Alright, there's the first boo-boo to start off with. Uh, next, we have John. And John, who are you playing today? I'll be playing Vosh, Moonblade, a Rune Knight Kobold. Kind of a sapphire kobold with a little hints of green in, in his coloring. Yep. With a broken horn on his right side. Mmm, I like that. And then we have Brandon, who is playing Zoldan Inelium. Mm -hmm. A Tempest cleric fallen Asamar who has his soul ripped by a gosh dang archdevil. Uh, actually, and that would be a good point to mention. Uh, in this story, all of our characters have lost something that they seek to find in this magical storybook. Uh, looping back to Vosh. Vosh. Uh, Vosh is a kobold who was the inheritor to a relic from an ancient dragon, but has had this stolen from him and seeks to reclaim his inheritance. And then we have Will. This old man has lost, was once part of a religion that was a good faith one, until a devil tricked, manipulated, and pulled puppet strings because devils, what do you expect from them? Um, screwed him over and the other believers, and he lost his soul because of that. And he, in the process, he became a fallen ASMR, and... He vowed vengeance against the devils and Mistopheles specifically. Yep. So now he has uh, now become a Tempest cleric with his god being now Hoar or Hor, if you say it. <laughs> yep. Uh, it's hard to say that. Um, and in order, to destroy, in order to defeat the devil, hopefully, and to hopefully reclaim his soul one day. Yep. Um, so then we have Allison, who's playing... And she has lost her family name, being tricked by an archfey. Uh, but she is otherwise known as Jim. Yeah, she, well, she's got to call something because she can't really remember her name. And she's like, uh, what's my name? What is it? I, 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 is it this? No, is it that? No. So she's got to call herself something. So she just called herself her favorite thing, and that is Jim's. And what class is Jim? There she is, a rogue. Who likes to steal gems, her favorite thing in the world. <laughs> and what does she look like? There, well, she is a fairy, a rogue fairy. Uh, she has pink skin, purple hair, hair, and like teal, teal kind of like cyan teal color eyes. That's with, uh, and her wings are like purple to pink with a little bit of cream in there. Uh, wears a white outfit with uh, purple leggings and brown boots. 
very descriptive. <laughs> Better than we'll get. It's <laughs> like she has it all figured out. <laughs> so some people are still working on getting the polished details for the characters ready more than others. Um, so next round table we have Keegan. And Keegan is playing... I'm playing Hanu Papala'au, which is a turtle warlock. And, um, I don't know, he looks... I'm just imagining a crush from Finding Nemo in a humanoid form. You know, uh... Surf's up, dude. Surf's up, kind of. <laughs> maybe not flippers, but more, you know, hands and all that kind of stuff. Like turtle hands, Yeah, dude. turtle hands, dude. And uh, my character lost his family and is uh, going through this tomb tome to try to change the strings of fate in order to possibly bring them back. Then, finally, we have Mark, who is playing... Playing Jester Raisin. Uh, seven, seven foot two, Furbolg. Shadow Magic Sorcerer. He was kidnapped by a cult of seven half gnomes. Uh, we each stole a part of his face. His eyes, yeah. ears, mouth, hair. So currently he wears a wooden mask and a, a moss toupee. <laughs> really? Uh, and so with that good description... Um, I can set you guys off with where your adventure will be started. Diving right in. Where most great adventures start, we begin in a tavern where you have all met to meet a powerful figure who you've heard rumors has a storybook containing powerful or greatly influential events throughout time. And that you've heard that by going through these, you all may be able to recover the things that you've lost or do things like change your fate. Um, so, as you all enter, uh, who do you think would be the first to come in? Not me, I'd be the slowest. Do we all roll for that? I'm yeah, a, let's do I'm an initiative a, I'm a, roll. I'm a turtle. We'll start off with some initiative rolls. See okay. who's the fastest to arrive. Flat D20 or D20 plus initiative. Uh, a three. <laughs> Very finished. Six. Turtle with a three. Furball with a six. Nine. Eight. Plus three, oh. so... Eight on the cobalt. Please Twelve. don't let me be first. Thank you. <laughs> a four? Here, here, and you got an, And you got twelve. So the first in, flitting into the doors of what is a very old, very rustic, uh, you, you might say homely tavern. <coughs> Cobwebs on the walls, uh fairly clean bar top and tables. Uh, you would see just uh, an older hobgoblin man working behind the bar, decent lighting. Um, the only other person in the room, really, is a strange figure in a dark cloak sitting alone at one of the round tables in a corner of the room. What do you do? You. Okay. Uh, hey, uh, I guess uh, Jen will probably just be like chilling on the on the bar, mind her own, own business for so right now. So you go now. up to the bar first. Yeah, yeah, because she wants some ale. <laughs> so you go to the bar, man, and you just order a pint of ale. Yeah. Mm. 
Didn't you have a meeting with that man over there? He mentioned some people would be coming. Yeah, yeah, but I want to get some ale first before, before that happens, so... You want a full-size one, or...? Yeah, 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 I should be fine, right? You know, I'm so tiny. Yeah, I mean... Or, actually, uh, I don't, I don't know what size size will be appropriate for a fairy. I literally have no idea. Well, it'll be two silver for the pint fail. Yeah, okay. She just pulls out, like, two silver. So, as you start paying the man, he begins pouring up a fairly large-sized glass for your small frame and going to hand it back to you. Uh, another figure walks in. A uh, very colorful kobold. Dang, son. Oh, man, my eyes. Uh, when you walk in, you see a similar scene. This, uh, you know pretty empty, rustic tavern. Now seeing two figures in here. A very colorful fairy woman at the bar chugging down an oversized glass. And you see a shadowy figure in robes sitting alone at a large round table. Uh, I would probably uh, go and, you know, introduce myself to the shadowy figure. Ah, I've been expecting you. You are the one I sent word to. The inheritor, are you not? Yes, yes. Mm, excellent. Please take a seat. Uh, when everyone gets here, we have much to discuss. Yes, thank you. So you sit down. Uh, you see he comes in, Jim. You see a kobold. He just rushes up and sits down at the table. A very small stature creature similar to you. Yeah. Oh, good. Finally, someone came over. I don't have to be the first person over. Okay, then. <laughs> and so she just, like, uh, flutters on over. Thank you for the ale. And just flies on over to the table. My pleasure. Um, so you see a uh, fairy goes to join you at the table, and another figure walks through the door. Next up would oh. be... Zoldan. Zoldan. So a uh, very vibrant colored uh, silver skin with kind of gold uh, outlines around his face. Mm -hmm. Man walks in the room. You see the same scene, but now uh, more people at this round table along with this cloaked figure. I guess he comes in just walking, just looking around, making sure there are no devils. I'm just, I'm just twitching. I'm well, just, one man... Nervous, nervous and twitching. The older barman, really nothing of suspicion, but you're not sure what could be behind this strange black cloak. Mm. The other is very colorful. Uh, one of them does have a, a horn. He walks, <laughs> he walks oh, up, shit. just like, he sits down without, any, without saying anything, just like puts his, puts a book, like, actually, he would probably have a book, he would, he would just put his book down like, <laughs> oh, and then, yeah, and then uh, Joe would be like, wait, wait. Just and he just sits down. down, like, puts his hands, like, I guess you were expecting me. Yes, a bold entrance. Seems we have the soulless and the nameless who have arrived. I don't trust you, but I'm willing to listen to what you have to say. Well, I've been scrying on you, so I know your intentions are pure. I know what you wish to do is a righteous cause. As this carries on, the next to enter would be Jester. Jester enters. <clears throat> I go up to the bar and I order 
two drinks. You all see a large, large man enters. Uh, and you have that uh, nature appearance to you, right? The yes. oaken skin, probably a bit of like an odor of nature about you too, right? Almost looks like I'm wearing a trench coat, but maybe it's just something that's still caught on my shoulders. <laughs> so like a heavy layer of moss on you? Yeah. You can see a strange man walks in. I smell dirt all of a sudden. What can I get you? Like two ales, please. That'll be four silver. Four silver. Okay, here you go. Now walk over to the table and see Zoldan's put a book down on the tables. Put a drink in front of him. <laughs> it's like, I assume you're the man. <laughs> oh. oh. There may be some confusion. That's a holy man's book. Oh, well. Uh, the other book, I'll wait until you're all here to pull out. And I think I see our last guest now, as a turtle walks into a bar. I think I would just take my time straight up <laughs> to the, straight up to the group, and sit down at a, the only available seat. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And plop down and, yeah, and not like, say a word. Yeah, just like put your here because. the haunted one. So, you've all arrived. The faceless. The nameless, the soulless, the haunted, and the inheritor, joining together. I think you all will find something in common with each other. You've all lost some great part of yourselves, and you all seek to return it. I have for you, and he opens a magical pocket into the air around him and pulls out a very worn-looking, leather-bound book. I have a story for you. A story that leads us here. In the beginning, there was a powerful wizard, a man of great arcane ability, who lived through many ages and fates, using his powers to transcend reality. He created a powerful tome, one with the powers to alter time and reality themselves, logging and containing these times of great power and places where calamitous entities persist. A powerful hiding place, a possible prison, and a story you could not possibly know without reaching its ends. And as he says this, you all feel yourselves being pulled forward into the book. And as you're pulled in, you feel your form shift and warp, ripping apart of you. You feel as though you may cease to exist from reality. But after moments of this faltering and questioning feeling and uncertainty, you find yourself stabilizing an unfamiliar place. And... So you begin to look around you and find your footing. You see a new area. Around you is humid and warm air that causes your skin to feel sticky. You look around and see a great mountain with cavernous alcoves and smoke billowing from it. Surrounding you, you hear rushing water 
and the creaking sounds of a great jungle. What do you all do as you have been ripped away from this bar and find yourselves in an unfamiliar place? I'm, pre yeah, I'm pretty sure we're all like, like on the ground. I'm just going like, ugh. I think I would like, come out like, of my shell and be like, what the hell? And what? she's like, uh, like, owie. She's just kind of, she's probably like laying on her butt and just like rubbing like, owie. What sorcery is this? The robed figure is nowhere gone. to be found. He's gone. Huh? Of course huh? he is. Can I, can I just huh? do like, uh, where'd maybe he go? I might recognize it because it might seem similar to me. And just Yeah, like, I mean, you could make a... Perception or... Either yeah. nature or maybe history to see if you're familiar with this place. I'd like to look around, see if there's any, like, maybe a sign of, like, a settlement or something. A perception check. Yeah. That would be a 12. The 12, this area is not familiar to you. You haven't seen a jungle quite like this. I got a 9. So a 9 on your perception, you do still get some things. As you look around, you see off towards... Mm -hmm. I'm pulling out a map for reference. Off towards the east of you, um, so a map of this area. You are all here. Okay. Um, so you would see I've to the it. west of you, there's a great ocean. Uh, to the north of you, you would notice that there is a great coursing river that looks to be maybe 50 or 60 feet across and rushing rapidly from where you're currently at. Uh, you see a bit of a beach setting surrounding you, but not much distance off to a heavy, heavy jungle to the south of you. Um, you would also see across this river, the jungle does continue on. Um, off in the east, you do also notice a great mountain with smoke billowing from the top of it. Um, and for reference for anyone listening, uh, I have laid out a map for them with some areas of interest, but no labeled points on it. I see, uh, I, I get why you asked us our favorite dinosaur, maybe, though. We'll see. <laughs> uh, they have also noticed it's labeled the prehistoric era. Uh, so I will just give a brief description for you listeners, and uh, just for out-of-character reference... <clears throat> you have entered the prehistoric age, an age of old great beasts who ruled the lands. These powerful primordials of flesh and magic have stunted the growth of lesser beings such as humans. Uh, but again, your, your characters would not know that yeah, this time. Yeah. It's just for your reference. Um, but as of right I'd now, look around that, and ask. you don't spot much. What do you guys want to do? You want to head to the volcano or the smoke? I need to get out of the sunlight. This hurts so yeah, it's, bad. It's heavy, beaming sunlight. I need to get somewhere shadowy right now. To inspect the water, see if we're in some sort of magical realm or if it's just someplace different. All right. Um, so you're inspecting it for anything magical? Yeah. It'd be an arcana check. A five. So you begin <laughs> splashing around the water, trying to detect if it's got anything magical to it, but it keeps rushing away too quickly. You're not sure. You think maybe there could be something magical to it, but you're not entirely sure. 
but it is rushing rapidly. You feel it getting much closer. This you feel like you could be pulled away by this river. Can I cast detect magic and see if there's anything like around us? Yeah. Are you ritual casting the spell, uh, taking the ten minutes to do so? I guess. Well, I have a <sighs> invocation that I can cast it at will. So. Oh. I don't know if I have to do it as a ritual, but I can just no, cast. No, if you cast magic. it, will it just lets you cast it? Will so you cast detect magic? You uh, can now see that Jaster is just splashing around in normal water. I think that's uh, normal water. You would also notice that as you cast this spell, you see an air of magic coming from pretty much everybody that's with you. You'd see, uh, you know. A lot of innate magic flowing off of Jaster. You'd see Jim is inherently magical. Um, you'd feel like a, a essence of divine magic coming off of Zoldan. Zoldan. And you'd see with Vosh that he's got these glowing sigils on his body that seem to emanate a ritualistic magic. Okay. But nothing like uh, nothing, around in nothing the environment. Nothing crazy around you. The, the sunlight's really starting to bother Bosch, so he's going to start trying to beeline it towards the mountain so he can get into shade or somewhere. So you start rushing towards the mountain? Yeah. I, I, uh, as you do this... Jester follows. Oh. There was Sun one thing before, he, before, uh, before we hit the mountain. Um, I'd like to investigate some of the plants here, like some of the stuff that's around. So you start stepping towards the jungle to investigate that as yeah. they start sort of making their way like towards I'm the mountain. Like I'm just looking around like the meadow, like just walking along the path, but I'm just looking at some of the plants and see if there are any of them are poisonous or anything. Give me a nature. Oh, okay. I'll just do this. All right. Yeah. Let's see. Down the dice tower he goes. Seven. <laughs> so uh, do you have a bonus to your nature? This is, it's just one. So an eight. It, it's a seven. So, so eight total. It was a six, so. Oh, oh, seven total. Sorry. Yeah. So, with that, you wouldn't see anything too crazy. Um, but you would notice there's a heavy, heavy overgrowth. And there's a lot of different plants in this very thick jungle. And you think you do even see some of them moving. Okay, so suspicious. Uh, and Vosh, as you begin making your way down and Jaster follows behind, you would begin to see something along the riverbank. Uh, you would see a woman that appears to have been swept up from the river wearing uh, what looks like a very primitive and badly damaged leather jerkin and loincloth. I would... I would stop and probably... I would try to go in and help her. Alright, so you head over towards there? Yes. Yeah, I think... Or follow behind. Yeah, I guess Jim uh, sees it, knows this do, and kind of like flies over and be like, hey, over here. Here or something. So you start heading over there to there, see yeah. what's going on? So there, it's kind there. of meeting there, right? I'll probably yeah. head over to with yeah. my healing spells just ready. Right. So you start checking them out. Um, do you do any kind of check to look at them? I just, I just try to dive in and help and try to help them out. Well, so they're yeah. out of the water. Oh, they're out of the water. Yes, they're they're washed up I'd like on the to shore. see if there's a pulse. Oh. In there yeah, I would, I would, um, I would check and see if, if she's um, breathing or. So a medicine check. Who would be doing? I have a plus five in medicine. Yeah. Um, 
So I'd say yeah, maybe, yeah, he would probably be doing the medicine. So I'd say Zoldan's doing this medicine check while you're trying to help as I best have the, you I can. I have a survival yeah. I could do. Uh, you, I mean, you could give him advantage on the medicine yeah, check. I'll give you advantage on that. All right, let's see. 12 plus 5, so that's a... 17, and then a... Next one. 17 plus 5. So a 22. Uh, with a 22, you find out very quickly she is alive and breathing, though faintly. Uh, she does seem to have been swept up by the river, but you would also notice with this high roll on this, there are also unusual markings on her that look like they've been caused by some kind of a creature. And as you notice this, I'd say uh, it'd be enough to alert you to begin looking around. And as you do, you hear coming from the water a loud croaking. Uh, you're not surprised by this as emerging from the water is one moment I need to remember a number it was four um, you see four large frog like creatures like great horned toads uh, they, and you see they have these horned features and vibrant colors on them, but they're large, large frogs. Uh, would anybody like to give me a nature or history check to see if you know what these are? Oh, what history? Okay. I ain't good at either, but I'll try. Uh, I only have a three in history, so. I got a 19, though. <laughs> so, I got a plus one on my, it. Mine would be, so. you know, either or. Probably it's a 19. Wait, Hanu? Nine-eighty-to-eighty-one-eighty-one-eighty-one-eighty-one-eighty-one-eighty-one-eighty-one-eighty-one-eighty-one-eighty-one-eighty-one-eighty-one-eighty-one-eighty-one-eighty-one-
Yeah, it has a big rush yes. at you. And if you guys have uh, minis to use or if you need some. I got mine right here. Here, I'll just use uh, uh, And what you guys would want to see, uh, there's a battle map laid out for this that is a uh, riverside with rocks, uh, areas of uh, grass going into a muddy section of the jungle with a few trees near. Here, I'll use this one. Okay. I'll use Strahd. <laughs> yes, we've just finished Curse of Strahd. What a Strahd it was. Uh, um, sorry, are you the die there? Yeah. Here, I'll just use... Can I use this die? Do you guys want, like, a little, uh, oh, marker um, instead? Sure, if you got one. Yeah. Who wants to be the black one and who wants to be the blue one? I'll be blue. I'll be black. Okay, All right. got a couple minis in here, too, I want to use Black them. and blue. So, you guys are set up there, and let me just roll it's, initiative so. for the Beelzebufos. So they're coming from the water here, right? Uh, yeah, so they would have jumped out from oh, the water. Okay. A very slow start for them, as they haven't been surprised. It was a total of a three for the Beelzebufos. Still be me. So they're moving a little slower as they've tried to jump out and surprise you, but you've been alerted of them as you heard their croaking calls. Um, you would also see that, you know, they've sort of surrounded this unconscious woman. Um, so the first person to react will be Jaster. All right. So the one that's closest to the... The downed woman there. I'm going to cast Aid Insinuation. Uh, unleash a torrent of conflicting desires in the mind of one creature you can see within range, impairing its ability to make decisions. Target must succeed on a wisdom saving throw. Uh, no, I, I am wondering, is there any kind of intelligence requirement on this? It's not intelligence, wisdom. Wisdom, okay. Wisdom save. So, he will make a wisdom saving. She gets a total of 12. Well, it needs to be a 15. So, it's incapacitated, and on the end of each of its turns, it takes a d12 of psychic damage. Okay. It makes another wisdom saving throw after that. Okay, so it's locked in place. Uh, do, 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 do. Uh, the next to go, uh, or is there any movement or bonus actions from uh, Movement, I think I'm good where I am. Alright. Behind most of the party. So the next person to go would be Vosh. So you're right in front of this, uh, you and, actually, uh, you and Zoldan are right in front of this woman as you were inspecting her. Uh, what do you go to do? I will, uh, carve a fire rune into my into my sword and then try to attack the nearest frog. Alright, so the one that's incapacitated. So you will have advantage on this attack. Okay. And on attack at, when I hit it. If I hit it. <laughs> so roll to hit. Going down the dice. Track. What was that? It's a seven. Seven plus your bonuses. So... 
a very strong kobold with a plus six to hit. So yeah, that's a seven and a six. That would be thirteen. Thirteen, which does hit. Okay. They don't seem particularly hard to. Also, you sorry, you didn't roll with advantage. Oh, you had advantage. She's incapacitated. That worked. The same. So it does hit, though. So okay. you roll your damage. Um, so in addition to when I hit the creature with my weapon, I can invoke this rune to summon fiery shackles onto the... Onto the... Yep. Fiery shackles onto it? Yep. And it's a 2d6 fire damage. It must exceed a strength saving throw or be restrained for one minute. Okay. While, so, res- while restrained, that's jack- the shackles... Um, will deal 2d6 fire damage at the start of the creature's turns. So let me just check if uh, his being incapacitated affects this save. Because I'm pretty sure it does. Doesn't take actions or reactions. Incapacitated. Can't take actions or reactions. Um, I would say even though it's, it's incapacitated, yeah, it can still try and make this save. So a little bit stronger, it gets a 10. So it still fails as these... While it's already incapacitated, these flaming shackles come down on it. Yep, and do 2d6 fire damage to it. No, is that on its turn or on your turn? Oh, uh, fir- when it first gets on there. Gotcha. And then And then on every other turn it does it too. On, gotcha. on its startup each of its turns afterwards. Mm-hmm. So that's four damage. So four fire damage to this large frog as badly singed by these flaming chains off your blade. Uh, is that it for you? Any movement or, or um, those action bonus action? I will. Just try to think. Just try to find my stuff. Just be movement if you're doing any moves. Yeah, no, that'll, that'll be it right there. Alright, so next would be Zoldan. Zoldan, you've got one of these uh, large frogs right on you. Uh, on the other end of the woman. Okay, um, so I have a question. How, um, all these squares are like five feet? Yeah, five foot squares. Okay, so I don't know if I can do much, because I could use Thunder Wave, but unfortunately I'd hit th- some people. Uh, I'd say if you hit a Thunder Wave from there, you'd be able to hit two of the frogs and none of your allies, because it's only 15 foot. But that would also you take get, a opportunity attack. Well, you could get attack. a 15 foot cone if you hit right there. Yeah, but if I would also take opportunity attack, wouldn't it? No. If you set up, like, right here, you could move uh, five foot over and hit just the frogs. Yeah, the, the red one is a girl we're trying to... It's a 15-foot cube away from me, like, uh, sweeps out from you. Okay. Yeah, 15-foot, uh, it should be a cone in front of you, right? Or is it a 15-foot cube in front of you? 15-foot cube. So yeah, so that would hit just the enemies right in front of you. Just double check here. Yeah. A thunderous wave, thunder, a thunderous force sweeps out from you. Each creature... The 15-foot cube originating from you must make a constitution saving throw. Yeah, so you could get them. Does that mean it's just like on me or is it No, it's in front of you. Yeah, it comes off. So you basically should be shooting like a 15-foot cube in front of you. Okay, so I will do that. Yep, so you catch two of the frogs in that. What do they have to make? They have to make a uh, constitution saving throw. On a failed save, the creature takes 2d8 damage and it goes 10 feet away from me. Yep. And then is it half as much and no push on a success? Yeah. All right. So the first one gets a 15 on its con save. That's going to be a spell save DC of 13. So. so the first one succeeds its save. 
The second one, however, only gets a 12. Yeah, so that one fails. So the first one succeeds while the second one fails. So let me do my 2d8s. First one. Six. Yep. Six. So 12 damage to the one in the back, uh, farther away from you, will only take six damage. Mm -hmm. uh, still looking pretty badly roughed up, and the other one will take 12 damage and be blasted back into that one uh, and knocked off its feet. Uh, so in this one, taking that thunder wave looks badly injured. Um, so, uh, was there anything else for you as you've knocked this thing away from me? Any movement or anything like that? Um... I think I could do much. No, that's it. I'm just gonna stand here and just behold the power of lightning. All right. Um, so then the next person to go would be Jim. As one of these frogs is in front of you, and you've had a second one blasted into it from behind. Here, here, uh, she'll definitely be freaking out, and and we'll probably be taking out her. Uh, her what's it called? A rapier? 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 Yeah. Mm -hmm. So try and stab at one of the now injured er, frogs. Er, yep. <laughs> so a tiny not. fairy, or a small fairy going after these large yeah. uh, frog-like creatures. Yeah, that she is terrified of because she does not like frogs. <laughs> at all. Mm -hmm. <laughs> frogs are scary to fairies. 14 plus 5. Will hit. Okay. So that's a one D eight. And that's a three. Mm -hmm. So three plus that's your three. dexterity yes. bonus? Dexterity bonus, uh that's a five. Mm -hmm. or, no, three. Three. Yep, yep. So six damage mm -hmm. to it. So you see this one also looks badly injured now. It's this thick purplish blood flows from these two frogs. Here, I know she's like, eh, I don't like frogs. Anything that's frog-like. <laughs> I, I forgot. I don't think I actually did the damage for the actual longsword hit. Oh, yeah, you didn't do your damage so, on the one. So let me grab that one real quick. So I get an attack bonus of six, so that's a D8. <laughs> two plus four. So, yeah, six more damage from the other one. Well, two plus six. Six attack bonus. No, no, the, you do the strength bonus for your damage bonus. Oh, okay. So, so it's plus four. Plus four. Yes, yeah, so we were taking an extra six damage. So, like, okay. three of these things are pretty badly injured now. Um, but then it will be the Beelzebufo's go. Yeah. Uh, as you have struck into this creature, uh, Jim, it will turn towards you and go for a large mouth crushing bite on your small frame as it goes for a bite attack. Uh, it gets an 11 to hit. Air 14. Mm -hmm. So it kind of shoots out its tongue at you, going to you know, go for this bite on you, but it just flits by. You see the other frog next to it turns its head, seeing this small flitting creature and oh, goes yeah. to do the same. <laughs> you look oh, like no. a fly. <laughs> uh, but, and that's a 12 to hit. 
still no. Bad roll, save the day. Uh, the other. Just imagine that scene one. where Tinkerbell uh, tries to avoid the He's still fish. incapacitated. <laughs> so uh, what does he do fan. with his incapacitation? Uh, at the end of its turn, it takes a d12. Yep. It takes one damage. So a uh, whopping one well, damage. And then it... <laughs> does it take the fire damage on its turn or on your turn? So, uh, Vosh. Uh, yes. On its turn. Okay, so it's its at turn the, now. Okay. Is so, that the beginning or the end? At the beginning of it. Oh, yep, so it's going to take some turn. more fire damage. Alright, so two of these. Uh, four and a one, so that's five. So it takes five more damage. You watch as this thing is just being held down by these magical effects and these chains burn away at it, reducing it to ash. Uh, then the last remaining frog will hop up on this rock here and turn its head towards... The smallest creature nearby, a kobold, and it's going to go for its bite attack as his tongue flits out at you. Uh, that is a 17 to hit. Mm-mm. 18. So, with your dueling abilities and your nice, sturdy armor, uh, you manage to just fend off and swat away this tongue as it flies towards you. Uh, and then that would be the end of frogs. It would go to Hanu. Finally. <laughs> Slowest man. Okay. Finally so there's right. I know. I'm just like. <laughs> so there's three left. Yep. Right. And most of them look pretty injured. Uh, the only one that hasn't been really bothered is one on the far side. Okay. So like that one all the way there. Yeah. On the far side, the one that just tried to attack uh, Vahash. Okay. Well, I think this one's. Is this one me? That's me. Yeah. That's yeah. So, so I'll move up closer and I'll move him. up to him. And then I can do as a bonus action a Hexblade's Curse. Yep. And then... Hexblade Curse on it. Yep. Um, okay, and then I'm just going to cast Eldritch Blast on it. Mm-hmm. The good old bread and butter. All right. Eldritch Blast. How dare you. I got a... 17? 17 will hit. Okay. I hit so it's a D10. Is it? Okay. Yeah. Unless you have Searing Smite, then it's a D10 plus your Charisma. I do not. So well, just actually, D10. yeah, I do. I do. Oh, do you have Searing Smite? No, I have Agonizing Blast. Sorry, that's the one. Okay. My bad. I'm on the entirely wrong class. <laughs> <laughs> there blast. are there are Smites with the... Uh, is know. this it? Am I retarded? D10. Yeah, sorry, plus your charisma bonus. So, six total. Six total. So this blast pelts into this creature as it takes this heavy blow of force. And I think that's all I can do. All right. So, that brings us back to the top of the round to... To Jasper. Jasper. Yeah, I want to say Jasper. I knew that was wrong. (laughs) New characters. I'll get there. Alright. I conjure up some energy and I cast Mind Sliver on the one that uh, Hanu just attacked. It drives disorienting spike of psychic energy in the mind of one creature. Uh, Must succeed on an intelligence save or take 1d6. Alright. So, this thing is going to go for an intelligence save. Uh, he gets a 7, minus 4, down Jesus. to a 3, as it looks at you with these cold eyes. 
Amen. Takes two damage and it subtracts a d4 from its next saving throw. Which one was it? It was this the one far, right here. Far one. All right. The one that attacked me, too. Yep. So he takes two damage <laughs> and has disadvantage on his next saving throw. Subtracts a d4 from his next sorry, save. Sorry. Loses a d4 from it. Yes. All right. Next it's you. Yep. So, Vosh, you'd be next to go. Yep. Okay. Uh, so first I'm going to do a bonus action, Giant's Might. Yep. So we would watch as this small-statured kobold, only four feet tall, nearly doubles in size, these rippling muscles pouring from him as he becomes a large creature, from small to large. Yep. And then I am going to go after the one that attacked me, with, still with my... And do the, sa- the shackles again on him. All right, so go for an attack on Attack with him, so I'm going to oh, attack. Does that burn away the wound when you use it? Um, yeah, but it only lasts for a minute, but if it... Oh, I gotcha. It's yeah. a minute and it's done. Yeah. Okay. So I can use it as long, yep, as, yep. As, long as it's... Whole minute. So I am again going to... Go for an attack. Go for an attack. That would be a 13 plus 6. 6. So 19 to hit. Nine. We'll hit the frog. 19, and then I do uh, 2 6 worth of damage. That's 12. 12 damage off this attack. So, wait. Oh, well, no, from no. The burning for, the fi- for the fire, yeah, yeah, first. And then I have to do the um, my D8. So, one second. That'll be a 7 plus 4. So. so, you watch as you cleave into this frog. And you see these chains begin to form around it, but they quickly disperse away as it's rendered dead from the sword blow alone. No one hurts my new pack. <clears throat> and... New plan. No one hurts new plan. Uh, I assume that would be it for you? Yep. Uh, so then we go to Zoldan. You'd see these two now badly injured frogs in front of you. All right. Who is ready for some Toll of the Dead? <laughs> oh right, they don't have to. They they have they have to be the ones to roll because this is mm-hmm. not okay. So you told the dead it should be one target. Yep, I'm going to target the one that's closest. All right, so it makes a saving throw. Yep. As this painful ringing begins to assail it, and what kind of save is it? Told the dead is a um, double check check. It is a wisdom saving throw. So it gets a nine. <laughs> yeah, that's going to hit. So it, it's already taken damage. So yep, it's pretty bad. The injured is this ring hits it. Roll some damage. I'm pulling out the fancy dice the with warlock, funny shapes. The warlock ones, I guess. You know he's a cleric. So I got to roll a d12. Where's my d12? This is a d12. Okay. Mm-hmm. Let's see. How bad is the ringing? It's a six. So you watch as this painful ring assails the frog. And you see it begins to reel back as this purple blood flows from its mouth and eyes as it drops dead on the ground. A good way to die. Somewhat. (laughs) Is that it for Zoldan? Yes, he proclaims the word. <laughs> I don't know. All right, so Jim, it's just you and this one large frog remaining who had tried to eat you. 
Here, yeah, she, yeah, she's still freaking out like frog, frog, frog. And we'll go for it again with her uh, rapier. Another poke with her rapier? Yep. Give me an attack roll. All right. Uh, 10 plus 5. 10 plus 5 will hit. Okay. And let's see you look damaged. This thing's pretty badly injured. Uh, 5 plus 5, right? Yes. 5 plus 3. So it'd be 8 damage. So you watch as... You would all see as Jim pierces this rapier forwards, just stabbing right through the frog's eye and pulling it back out as this purple, goopy blood splashes onto her. Ew. And it lets out one pained. Never mess with a small man. As it slumps to the ground, dead. And you would all hear. As this happens, a faint, oh, where am I? Take it easy. We have no idea where you are. <laughs> we are just I don't even know where we are. Who are you strange people? We probably would look weird as fuck this, though. You <laughs> definitely do. Especially since there's a fairy covered in purple gold. A fairy covered in purple blood, a funny-looking kobold, an angelic figure... A large turtle who probably looks the most in place here. Yeah, that's true. probably. <laughs> and something very akin to a tree. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, this woman will look around to you uh, expectantly. I'm asking, who are you all? I would say that my name is Hanu, and this is my party, I guess, and we yeah. saw you in need, and. Then we were attacked by those frog frogs, freak. whatever they are. The Beelzebufo. The Beelzebufo. They, they had attacked me uh, further down the river. I was trying to see about gathering some food for my tribe, but... Now we have plenty of food. Uh, that's true. Uh, if yeah. you've never tried Beelzebufo legs, they're quite delicious. Oh, a little salt. Yeah. yeah. Oh, as you say this... She began kind of dragging herself to her feet, even though she looks still pretty badly injured. See, she begins going to, like, pull out a very primitive knife and begin carving into these uh, creatures. Like, going I, to... I would probably just oh. try to just... I would just yank a leg off, and I'm like... Give me a strength like, check, pulling a leg off. My character uh, <laughs> looks at her and is like, uh, do you need healing? Oh, I mean, I just... I got <laughs> swept away in the river. Uh, you see in the background, as he got a... 25 on <laughs> uh, ripping a frog leg off. You see in the background that uh, the now massive kobold just slams a leg straight off of one of these frogs and begins gnawing into it. Uh, uh, wrong D&D wrong D &D character. Uh, Jim kind of like looks over and disgust like, Ew. It does, in fact. It is quite delicious. Like fresh chicken with a bit of a fishy taste to it. How far away is your village? Um, yes, I'd like to get back there as soon as I can. Um, it's maybe about an hour's walk into the jungle, but I'm afraid we're on the wrong side of the river. Of course. Hmm. Um, if we go farther north down, uh, we should be able to reach the other side. It's a bit more calm there. I'd like to try to pick up the rest of the bufos. 
three of them. Do you guys want to try and get the rest of the, like, meat off these creatures? Mm -hmm. I figure we just carry them to our village and... Okay, so you're just trying to scoop up the other ones? Yep. Can you I give me a strength check? These are large creatures. I might as well have right. that, too. I, I also count as yeah. one size larger when carrying things. Oh! One size larger when determining carrying capacity and weight can push, drag, or lift. I'd say, so if you count as a large creature for carrying, I'd say you could lift one of these pretty easily. Okay. Uh, a normal person can maybe only carry... Now, if you want to carry more than one, it'd be a check. Is my giant's might still... Well, I'll try to throw one yeah. over each shoulder. All right, so just give me so a strength just, check on this. I'll just grab... Uh, 17. 17. I say with a 17, you can manage to heave two of these large frog corpses. Actually, sorry, and there would only be three remaining as one of them was burned to ash. Okay. I'd say maybe one's still a little bit edible, but very crispy. Hey, that's expert one crispy frog legs for dinner. <laughs> <laughs> this, make sure you put salt and pepper on that, damn it. Yeah, don't need no salt and pepper. Do you have salt and pepper? I wish I could. Um, so, and she would let you know uh, this area on the map marked B would be known as the snake's spine. Oh, yay. Uh, she'd let you know uh, if you travel further to the east, uh, you'd be able to reach Area C, known as the Serpent's Head Spring, where the river calms quite significantly and it's much easier to pass. I would, I would ask her, um, are there any other creatures that we should be wary about around here? <sighs> yes, there's quite a few dangerous creatures. Those Beelzebufo, they would normally be trivial if you had a pack of warriors uh, to fight them, uh, such as yourselves. It, none of you actually seem to be harmed. It's quite impressive, but you need to watch out. Uh, some of the creatures can be territorial, such as the uh, Triceratops or the Pteranodons. They can be quite uh, territorial, um, and you wouldn't want to run into any of the primordials. Uh, some of the larger creatures. But you said, pterodons? Yes, uh, they're flying lizard folk. They're not too far from I think all of our characters would know what dinosaurs are, aren't they? Uh, you could give me you, a history check. You, to see you, would, you know. You would just probably see. I would say yeah. the only one who may have some natural knowledge would be the kobold, as he's uh, descended effectively from these primordial creatures. Yeah, my. my a nat 20 from Jim. <laughs> Is that a two? A two. Shut I would say two that Zolt, or sorry, Zoldan does not know anything about dinosaurs. That Never makes sense. He's lived in a church all his life. Nothing. What did you get for your roll? Seven. A seven. Not never heard of them, really. Never studied up on them. You, you probably just see like a uh, big I would say smile you would, come I would say both of you would get advantage if you want more knowledge on yeah. dinosaurs. The I'll turtle and the Got a 12 and a 17. And a 17 from Hanu. Okay, I got 11 and a 14. Wait, 11 and a 14 plus I'm looking at my wrong so sheet. For which one was it again? Okay, it was, it was a still a 5. So, it's still yeah, it would have been, it would been 15 and a 12. So I'd say with a 15, you got pretty high, right? 17. 17. I'd say you guys have basic knowledge of what some of these creatures are. Yeah, and you just see it. You would just see uh, Vosh's face just get a big grin when he hears Jared. He like, also got a nat twenty. Yeah, and sorry, with the nat twenty, you're going to know more than them. So you would you would actually know that when 
uh, this woman who I forgot, she would have introduced herself as Leaping Fish would be her name. Uh, so, uh, you would know that when she references these primordials, what she'd be talking about from, uh, what you could infer, uh, you know, she mentioned some of the more, you know, triadons are, they eat fish, and, you know, triceratops and stegosaurus, they are, you know, herbivores, but... You'd figure that these primordials she's referencing would be some of the more vicious primal creatures. Raptor. Here, yeah. Here, uh, here, okay, the primordials, uh, um, I'm guessing you mean both herbivores and carnivores, uh, maybe? I'm, I'm not sure what those things are. <laughs> yeah, herbivores? True. Herbivores, I guess, I guess are creatures yeah. that eat meat. And I, cur- <laughs> not, I mean plants. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I've never heard that word used to describe them, but... Interesting. <laughs> um, the primordials, yeah. they are dangerous. You'd want to be cautious with them. Yes, you duly noted. Cautious is just in a, sta- a state of star... It's like in a state of starstruck. You it's all, just like all happy. Like, ah, you all man. are pretty strong, but if you saw any of the greater primordials, I'd recommend running there. Dangerous creatures. In other words, they're carnivores. Good to know. <laughs> so all of you know what that means. She just has this perturbed look on her face. Um, so what do you guys want to do from there? Do you want to follow her back to her tribe? Guess we might yes. as well. Yeah. And I guess we can stop here. Yeah. So she would give you the recommendation, like stay by the shore, you know, watching for the river, but uh, avoiding the jungle best you can. So there's lots of dangerous plants and animals in there. Um, she would lead you back along the snake's spine and take you towards what you'd be able to see is a large, open, lake-like spring at the foot of a massive mountain. You can see right. pillowing smoke coming from it. I was going to say, before we do that, can Jim wash off the purple blob? Oh, yeah, yeah, easily. <laughs> the river just rushes it's like heavy pressure shower, just setting your arm and, and face. And wouldn't you there. like go away? <laughs> oh, you'd feel it. It's almost strong to sweep you away if you got maybe a little bit deeper I, into it. I'd probably put put my claw behind her, just like <laughs> stop her from falling. Stop in. her from falling in. Keep her. <laughs> uh, like, uh, thank you. So. Uh, you guys would see this, like, beautiful spring just kind of overcast by this mountain. And then she'd begin to take you a short bit into the jungle to area A, which she would have described to you as Saigon Village. Saigon. Yes. Um, and as you got there, you'd see many interesting faces. But... We'll probably be saving that for next time, as this has been a good session of building characters and getting started on our session zero. Uh, so that's where we'll pick up next time as you enter this village. Oh, until next time, on the Triple D's podcast. Bye, everybody. See ya. See ya. Bye. Bye. Bye.